the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. Good morning. Good afternoon. What time of day is it? I guess it's afternoon. Yeah, two after four. That's afternoon. Day's been a blur. A good blur, but a blur nonetheless. Sunny, windy, 69 the high, 45 low night with some clouds. Uh, 71 the high tomorrow with plenty of sunshine. I love that. Phillies 2-1 over Atlanta yesterday. They swept their way through to a 3-0 start. They're home tonight against the Mets, who are starting their season. I think they had some COVID stuff going on and haven't been able to get their season underway yet. So the Mets uh, haven't played any games. Phillies are 3-0. Phillies manager Joe Girardi on a Zoom call about a half hour ago asked about that Phillies-Mets rivalry. Well, I, I'm excited about it. I know this has been a great rivalry for a long time. These two teams have been going at it. You know, this is, uh, this is a great rivalry, and they're close in proximity. You get a chance to play 19 times a year. Each team really wants to be the NL East champion. I mean, I think that will be quite an accomplishment this year. So I'm really looking forward to it. That's Phillies manager Joe Girardi. 705 for that tonight. Sixers lost to Memphis 116-100 yesterday. Flyers at Boston at 7 tonight. College hoops. Stanford 54-53 over Arizona to win the women's championship. And the men's championship decided tonight. Tip off at 920 between undefeated Gonzaga and Baylor. The matchup everyone theoretically has wanted to see. There's two best teams in men's college basketball. Victoria, how are you doing today? Happy Monday. I'm happy Monday to you. I'm doing well today on this beautiful Monday. Easter? Yes. I had a great Easter. Uh, uh, the weather was beautiful this year, which was nice. Yes. Um, got to see some family still kept a little bit limited, you know, with everything that's going on. But um, as a fellow Greek, uh, I had a nice lamb that's good. My mom cooked a great lamb yesterday. We had some orzo and some veggies, and then we had some good desserts. So we had some strawberry cake that I made. How was and it? It was great. It was nice. It was actually a Paula Deen recipe. You? <laughs> I love cooking shows. I'm always looking online or whatever for that type of stuff. So it was a very good dessert. I recommend it. If anyone hasn't had a strawberry cake, very simple recipe. And, uh, yeah, it was just nice to spend it with some family. Do you ever plan on bringing in these great recipes like so the rest of us here at the station could try it out i might but sometimes i don't always like to share the food if it ends up turning out really well yeah it's just kind of like a selfish thing <laughs> no but i might bring in some extra uh yeah. cake let's we'll, we'll see how we eat it up in the next you see me days. here this is <laughs> this is me not holding my breath are you gonna bring some food in for me uh so anyhow coming up this hour yeah uh <laughs> if i cook i don't cook that often i actually never I make you just cere- you just enjoy the food. I make cereal. <laughs> I bring in whatever my wife makes, which is she made lamb yesterday, which is wonderful. I haven't gotten to that yet. I just had breakfast about an hour ago. It's again, it's been one of those days, but a good day. 
And uh, one reason it's been a, a full day is because we've been working on connecting with folks at The Voice. If you've tuned into this program for any length of time, you know that this show can turn left, turn right, go up, down, and around the bend. And sometimes we don't even know where it's going. Today, I can tell you uh, where it's going. We have not one, not two, not three, but a record four contestants from the uh, reality show, the singing contestant thingy, The Voice, which is on Monday nights on NBC. And there are typically you know, several dozen candidates at the beginning, and then it whittles its way down to a champion. And every now and again, we have an opportunity to talk to uh, one or two. And today we actually have slices of time with multiple contestants who are still in the running. And, you know, when they give us a slate of people, like who's like to talk to this person, that person, they give us a little blurb on their background. And so the guests we have today, I think you will find very interesting for different reasons. Um, A couple of them, I think, are are believers from their bios, and a couple may may or may not be, but um, there are other reasons also we may ask them to be on the program. So we have uh, a young man named Avery Roberson, who's only 20. He's on Team Blake, Blake Shelton's team. Uh, He's from North Carolina. He'll be checking in. Jose Figueroa Jr., who is 34 years old, hometowns in New York, lives in Florida currently. He's on Tim, uh, Team Nick Jonas from the Jonas Brothers. Then we have Devin Blake Jones, who's from Denver, Colorado. And uh, he is also on Team Nick Jonas of the Jonas Brothers. And Connor Christian is a, uh, uh, I think, I'm trying to think of his age. I think he's 23. So some of these guys are, you know, a little older and some are a little younger. And uh, Connor is on Blake Shelton's team. And so we'll be chatting with all those folks during the course of the hour. A lot to shoehorn in this fine hour. And along the way, we have some other things to share with you. And uh, we'll mix in some music, too. So enjoy. Check it out. Have fun. Thank you for listening in today. It's Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560, WFIL.com, and the WFIL app. Live and local. It's the Tim DeMoss Show, weekday afternoons, 4 till 5, on AM 560, WFIL, and at WFIL.com. Our podcast continues. It is 410 on the Tim DeMoss Show. Thank you for listening in. So The Voice is a a program that's been on. It's its 10th anniversary year. I'll just set this up in case you're not familiar or semi-familiar with it. Uh, It's one of America's most popular shows. It airs Mondays and Tuesdays, kind of depending on the time of the season that you're in. And there are different rounds to this. It's uh, received a bunch of Emmy nominations for Outstanding Reality Competition Program. It's won a a bunch of times, too. And so um, the initial round is something called the Blind Audition. So there's a bunch of pre-stuff to this, to competing. You go to these calls in different markets, and there are different ways of competing. But eventually, those who are ready to perhaps go on stage and be on TV, the very first thing they do is something called the Blind Auditions. And so put yourself in this in the performer's position. Let's say you're going to sing a song. could be just, you know, with your voice, you maybe you bring a guitar out, whatever you want to do. And for the blind auditions, the four judges who are celebrity judges, Kelly Clarkson, John Legend, uh, Nick Jonas from Jonas Brothers is new, and Blake Shelton, who's been there, I think, the entire time since it started about 10 years ago. So their backs are to you, and they don't know what you look like, all they're going to do is hear you sing. And so you start singing. And if they want to potentially have you on their team, they hit a button, their chair spins around, and now you're face-to-face with them. So if only one of the four turns around, 
that performer goes right to that judge's team. If two or three or all four of them turn around, then the performer has to pick. And that can be a, an intimidating thing. And the, 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 uh, the panel gives you their pitches. You ought to work with me because I'm going to help you this way. This is why I'd be a good coach for you. They do it in fun. It's, a, it's fun to watch. And then on the other end of it, if no chairs turn, then the performer goes home and they don't have a chance to advance. So that's the first round, the blind auditions. Then the second round, which is where we're at right now, the, they call them the battle rounds. Once the teams are in place, each of the four judges has a set amount of people. Then the judges pick two people and pit them against each other. And they're actually singing the same song. So they're working together, knowing full well at the end of the song, one of them's going to be going home and the other one's not. And then there are a couple of twists and turns on that. For example, our first guest, his name is Avery Robertson. Uh, Robertson. He's only 20. He's from uh, North Carolina. And originally on uh, Team Blake, he made it through the blind audition. And then, uh, then he lost in the battle round to another Team Blake member, but they have this thing called a steal. And so the other judges, if someone loses, they can grab them and put them on their team. They have a certain amount that they can do that. So this is just a little sample of Avery's blind audition performance to give you an idea of who we're going to be speaking with here. If you're reading this, if you're reading this, I'm Tim McGraws, if you're reading this and joining us to talk about that and his experience on The Voice, Avery Roberson. How you doing? Good. How are you? Wonderful. Thanks for taking time to chat a little bit. Thank you so much. Yeah. No problem. Very much. Uh, share for a minute, if you would, your path to The Voice. Uh, even like I'm thinking the, who might have first suggested it to you or uh, or if it just occurred to you when you were watching one day. Like, Well, I've tried out previous when I was younger. 2018 or 2019, I believe, and uh, I didn't make it far, like far enough to be on the actual show. I, I was kind of doing my own thing this recent year and uh, making my own music and stuff like that, and uh, playing around local places, and then my mom came up to me, and she was like, well, I signed you up for a virtual audition, so you got three days to prepare. So I started practicing what I was going to play, and I, I ended up doing it anyways. You know, you got nothing to lose. I ended up out there in L.A. for a blind audition, so that's kind of how that went. That's very cool. And now, Avery, on the, um, just to kind of map things out, watch the blind audition, and you had all the, the four chair turns, which must have been pretty amazing for you. Tell us what's what you were thinking as, as you're watching that unfold, because I guess there's a, there's a point there where you're like, all right, I just need someone to turn, and then when you get one, and then you get two, it starts to maybe help you do your thing, or were you just able to go in and say, whatever happens, happens? Well, at the beginning, you know, I was going in just saying kind of whatever happens, happens, you know, just try my best. That's really all I can do, you know. And uh, I went up there, and I was just, I guess, just try my best, and then hoping one would turn, and then John turned around, and I was like, man. <laughs> I was like, let's just keep our composure, keep going, you know, don't don't mess up, or nothing like that, just sing the rest of the song, and I had no idea, man, that all four of them were going to turn. So I was very grateful for that. But uh, yeah, it definitely, it definitely shocked me at the end of it. So if you had to put a percentage on it, uh, I'm guessing you had time on your hands ahead of time to think about who would I go with? Uh, you know, if they all pick me, or if any whoever picks me, 
if you had to put a percentage on it, did you have Blake Shelton as as a, a high number? And then how did that change, or did you get tempted at all? Because they all made great pitches. Yeah, that's a big question everybody asks me. Uh, yeah, I've had it ever since I started watching the show since I was younger. I've always had it in my head, you know, if I ever get on that show, I'm picking Blake. Because, you know, I'm a big fan of Blake. And uh, I always have been. I always loved his music. You know, I'm country. I'm a country artist, so I was like, "Yeah, I'm sitting stone. If he turns around, I'm going to pick him." And then when they all turned around, they was all, you know, saying something about me. All these famous people <laughs> complimenting me and stuff. It, it made it really hard. You know, I kind of felt bad for picking him after all of them was being so nice. So it was tough. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you mentioned uh, country. I, I understand when you were younger, your voice was higher. You, you did some pop for a while, and, and as your voice got deeper, you shifted over to country. But it's more than that, of course. I, I understand you also have deep roots, which is kind of a neat family story, if you could share that. Yeah. Um, like you said, I, I started singing pop when I was probably around, when I first started playing, when I was like 12 or 13. And uh, my voice, I've always listened to country music. I've always played it. I've always sang you know, sung country music, but my voice was really high, so I didn't feel like it sounded right. But uh, the reason why I got into it is because my grandpa, he was in a bluegrass band his whole life. That's all he did. And my dad, um, he he started off playing in churches, playing gospel music, and then um, he ended up getting in a band with his two cousins going to Nashville and playing in bars all over the place in Nashville and stuff like that. So it's been, you know, in the family for generations and stuff like that so uh, that's definitely where i get it from what what is country to you as far as without because you know also you're young obviously and and maybe lord willing you've got many years to come you can do variations of what you're doing you don't have to be stuck in one area necessarily but or maybe you do go for you know full speed ahead but what is country to you in terms of is more about the lyrics the sound all of it put together country to me is pretty much uh everyday life Listen, you know, like when you listen to country music, it's any kind of song. It's, it's something that you can relate to. It's really relatable, and uh, it hits home a lot for me. And I know it does for a lot of people down here. So uh, it really, it's just, it's just the story of, of the song for me. That's that's what I love about it. Interesting. So the story, even more so than I mean, any genre can have a song that's a story based song, but perhaps country is more dependent on that and, and it's more important to the country uh, genre I guess you're saying right right a lot more relatable to me anyways but, uh, yeah yeah I also understand uh, you and your family have uh, you have foster siblings is that right yeah that's right yeah share about that if you would my wife and I almost adopted we have a um, daughter with special needs and so we we wound up not going that route because she she you know a lot of work we love her a lot but what, what put it on your family's hard to be foster parents and, and siblings? Um, I'm really not sure why they did, decided to do that. But when I was really young, I was, I was probably five years old. That's when they started to keep kids. And, uh, they, you know, I've had a, we've had a bunch of kids come in and out since then. And you kind of learn a lot from it. Um, you kind of, like, learn to be grateful for what you got, you know, because some of these kids, they've had it rough, like, a lot rougher than me or anybody else I know, so uh, to see them go out of something like that and be be able to be comfortable, you know, and not have to worry about nothing, uh, it's, it's pretty cool, and they're all, they all got something about them, like some kind of talent about them, or it's, it's pretty cool, you know. 
That's great. Like Aver- little brothers and sisters that <laughs> been through my whole life. That's a great thing. That's a great blessing. Uh, Avery, I have a son who's 20, so I, I, as I talk to you, I think I'm talking to my son in a way who's musical. He loves business. He loves sports. Um, what are some other aspects to your life in addition to the music that, that are important to you? Well, in addition to the music, I mean, it's kind of related to it, but I like to write songs a lot with uh, my cousins and my buddies and stuff. But other than that, I go fishing like every week. <laughs> 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 uh, I like I like going to bonfires and playing cornhole. Surprisingly, some people don't know what that, what that is, but do you know what cornhole is? I played cornhole yesterday with my dad. All right. <laughs> Are you good? Uh, me and my buddy, yeah, we're we're decent at it. We played it for a good while. I'm not the two mile and horn or nothing like it. <laughs> I was going to say, you're probably better than you're letting on. Well, Avery, I, got, uh, I thank you for taking time. God bless you. And keep enjoying the ride. I'm sure it's a lot of fun for you to, you know, just an opportunity to be on this path. Well, thank you for having me on here, man. It's been fun. Have a wonderful rest of your day. You too, man. Avery Roberson, only 20 years old, yet very mature from... Uh, North Carolina. It's part of The Voice. It's uh, on Monday nights at 8 on NBC. Brief break. We'll come back with another contestant from The Voice. Think you'll like his story. We'll share more about that in just a second. It's Tim DeMoss Show and WFIL. Thanks for tuning in to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast with AM560 WFIL and WFIL.com. Part of the voice, and he joins us on the program. He's on Team Nick. How you doing, sir? Hey, good. How's it going? Wonderful. Congratulations on your your journey with the voice so far. Thank you so much. This is still like, whoa, am I really on the show? <laughs> <laughs> well, what was the uh, first time you you thought about even giving it a go? Was there a particular person who suggested it to you, or did you did it just occur to you? No. So the first time I ever really auditioned for the voice was, oh gosh, it was years ago, and it was when I was living in New York. I saw that they were having auditions, and I said, you know what, let's, let's see what happens. Let's go out there and do it. Um, unfortunately, nothing ever happened that time. Uh, <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, but I believe everything happens for a reason, because here we are um, at the age of 34, and I'm on The Voice, and this time I didn't even audition. They reached out to me, so I think it's all about timing. That's great. You know, it's an interesting thing. I don't know that people realize that there sometimes there are first... Uh, you know, first time, second time, uh, people trying different things. It's not always just a, a linear thing necessarily, right? So it's a when people are watching on TV that they realize that sometimes there's a lot of twists and turns to eventually making it. So absolutely, absolutely, and I think it's just a matter of not giving up. Um, but I think at the same time, because I you know I have a spiritual connection, it's, I think for me it's more so. Yeah, don't give up, but at the same time, stop beating a dead horse because if if I if I haven't let you do it just yet. It's either you're not supposed to do it or you're not supposed to do it now, you know? And I think that's been my thought process throughout life. Yeah. And speaking of which, I mean, uh, we're actually a Christian station here in Philly, you know, and I know that you grew up in church and sung in church, and church is a big part of your life. Uh, share about that aspect of your journey with the voice. And, and uh, it sounds like you already, I mean, you already did there, but too, but even how, however it goes from here, too, just trusting that it's all part of God's plan for you. Honestly, yeah. 
So, first of all, I'm excited. I didn't know that this was a Christmas station, so thank you for that. Sure. <laughs> so that's awesome. Um, well, I started I started in the church at the age of six. Um, that's when I got saved, and that's also when I had my first, I guess you can say, public appearance. Um, that was really random and unexpected. And But I believe, you know, again, everything happens for a reason, because had it not been for that moment, I would have never known that this was something that I was called to do. Um, and that, that, you know, and this is what God wanted me to essentially, you know, do as well. And since then, the rest is honestly history. I've been now uh, with, you know, in the things of the Lord since then. I've never strayed. Um, and for a long time, I, I didn't know what my testimony would be, because I'm like, I've been around people who are like, well, you know, I've, I've done this, and I've done that, and I've had to come back, and God is, you know, and I'm like, okay, well, I've, I never did drugs, and I never had, like, a terrible life of, of alcoholism and all this other stuff, so where is my testimony? And I remember a pastor told me one time, well, your testimony is that you never left. And I had to sit down and think, oh, my gosh, it's so true. That doesn't make me perfect. That, that just means that, you know, I, I understood, I guess, to a certain extent, and I didn't allow anything else to really take his place in my life, which is a testimony in and of itself. Um, and now, you know, when we get to, to this point on The Voice where you're on a national television show that's not necessarily geared towards spirituality or Christianity or God, per se, one of my fears was, how are they going to tell my story? Are they going to remove the God from my story? Um, or are they going to allow me to be me 100%? And one of the things that I'm grateful for is that up until this point, um, I don't know if you have actually been watching, but... Up until this point, they haven't. Um, God is still God, and they've allowed me to represent him the way that I do, and I couldn't be more grateful for that. You know, it's neat, too, just to give also credit to The Voice, uh, all the, the blurbs and the bios we receive for different guests we, we might want to interview. They are very clear about where everyone's coming from, and they don't hide anything, it's, uh, they, which is great. I mean, I, and also just for your information, too, it's kind of fun. The show that I do, it's not just Christian guests or pastors. We'll have people on regardless of their background. And sometimes it's just a nice um, opportunity to have conversation and find out where people are coming from. So, uh, right? You know? Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. Talk yeah, about, you never know. You never know. That's true. Right, right. And just like your experience on The Voice, you're rubbing shoulders with all kinds of folks. Um, two, the two pieces so far, like it's the blind audition I wanted to ask you about for fun. Um, you know, Take us through that for a second. John Legend turns after a while, and right at the end, Nick Jonas turns around. What's going through your mind as you're as you're doing your song there? And uh, had you gone in thinking about you know who's going to turn, or just somebody? I hope someone turns. Or what was your what was your thought process before even taking the stage that night? Well, my thought process before taking the stage is God have your way because this is not me. This is all you. So you let this be what you needed to be. That's my thought process. Hmm. Um, and then I got on the stage, and honestly, it's it's like every moment that I get on the stage. Just go out, do what God has called you to do, and, you know, make sure that you reach somebody, impact somebody in some way, allow God to be the one thinking through you. <clears throat> Excuse me. So that was, that was what I essentially went out there to do. When John turned, funny enough, my eyes were closed, so I didn't notice. Um, then I opened up my eyes, and I saw him staring at me, and I was like, okay, so John Legend is looking at me. Don't look at him, because <laughs> um, you don't want to mess up. Um, so I kept on singing the song and doing what I needed to do, and then... Last minute, um, pretty much, Nick turned around, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I got two. All I needed was one. Here we are. What's going to happen next? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and then, you know, they did their banter, their back-and-forth banter that, that is honestly one of those things where you only see it on TV, right, obviously. So you're like, this is really happening. Like, this is for real, for real. Like, they're going back and forth trying to have me, like, little old me, this little 
dude. You know, like <laughs> they want me on their team. So it, yeah. it was. Uh, it's honestly like I've been saying, and I'm going to continue saying until the end. This has been a, such a surreal um, experience. But um, the thought process was okay. I don't know. Like that's literally what my thought process was. I don't know. I don't know what to do. I don't know who to pick. I don't know what's happening. But the fact that they were saying the things that they were saying, you know, it it does help you start to kind of go in the direction that I guess you need to go at the end of the day. And um, I I essentially went with Nick because, not because of necessarily what he said, because everybody's like, well, you know, him not being able to sleep and all this stuff is probably what made you go. And honestly, that had nothing to do with it. It was more so that I felt like because he's a different genre and he's a different type of performer, um, we're on two different levels per se as far as, you know, um, our gifts and talents are. Um, I felt like the opposite attract thing would work with us. But then at the same time, his spiritual connection is also something that really, really called out to me. Yeah. And I've always said that when you feel a peace with a decision that you, you're making, then you know that it's the right one. And the minute I locked in my mind that I was going to go with, with Nick, I felt the peace. And I said, okay, well, this is it. That's interesting. You know, and I remember in the next round, in the battle round, Nick actually uh, says... You, and funny because Kelly, I think in the first in the blind audition, she said she liked what you did, but the, the runs that you did, there were maybe too many of them. And then the word runs came up, that, you know, as well. So, and part of the whole show is coaching too, right? To to grow. Um, but in the in the battle round, Nick said at, same thing. Like you guys felt a little nervous when you you and Awari were doing your thing, and then you settled in and felt good. And um, he said, and it brought me to church and the Lauren Daigle song too. So anyhow, it's just you can see how that. Uh, that connection came through over the course of that song, and, and maybe you could just talk to the, the song you say by Lauren Eagle. Like, I did they? That's a sign to you, is that right? Yes, it's a sign to us. We receive it in an email. Okay. Hey, you guys, this is the song that you're going to do for the battle round, and I, I will have to tell you that Elwari and I were thrilled to be able to get this song um, because it allowed us to really showcase our faith, which is amazing. Yeah, you could tell. You could tell that you had an advantage in a good way, right? That that that, that you must have you probably sung that song before. It wasn't the first time, I'm guessing. No, it was the first time I've ever like actually sung it live. Oh wow! I've heard it a million times. Yes. But to now be able to sing it and then sing it on national television and let people know, you know, pretty much through this song how much I love God and how much I know that I'm called by Him and He is my oh my gosh, it's amazing. Talk for a second, if you would, uh, Jose, about about the the runs and the easy. Um, might be easy for someone to watch and appreciate a vocal performance without really realizing what goes into it, whether it's breath control or or anything else. How how much do you have to do to get good at that and stay good at it? You know, funny enough. <laughs> first of all, thank you for for that. Um, but funny enough, I don't even consider myself a runner per se or a riffer. Like I have friends singing friends who can run circles around me. And so they, to me, are considered runners and riffers. So mm. when people tell me that I'm a runner and a riffer and that I do, quote-unquote, too much, I just, in my head, I laugh a little because I'm like, really? I do? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But honestly, it's one of those, like, people often ask me, how do you do runs and how do you learn how to do them? It's really just listening. It's listening to other singers who can do it. It's trying to break it down in your mind. It's also... Um, controlling your ear, your ability to hear notes um, in and out of the chords so that you can do these runs. But for me, honestly, my runs are one of those things that really just come natural to me. And I don't mean that in a conceited way. I mean that in a, I'm not predetermining this. I'm not premeditating it. 
I'm not thinking about it ahead of time. It happens in the moment. Um, so with me, it's literally a moment that you're having with me at the same time that I'm having it. Because one thing that I don't do often that this whole experience has kind of sort of changed for me a little bit is practice. I do not practice singing the song before I'm going to go out on, on, on a stage to sing it because I don't want to get too into my head about it. I don't want to lose the passion. I don't want to lose the ability to be in the moment. So I will listen to the song, but I won't necessarily practice it to say this is how it's going to get, you know, be done. I just go out on stage and I allow God to be God and whatever's going to happen in that moment is what's going to happen. So you're genuinely taking the journey with me. Jose Figueroa Jr., congratulations. Thank you so much for your time today. God bless you. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you. You as well. Thank you for having me. God bless you. All right, Jose Figueroa Jr., one of our four voice contestants joining us today. It's on NBC Monday nights at uh, 8, and we've had individual guests. We've had champions on. Today, we actually have four current contestants joining us. Halfway down, two more to go. We'll tell you the story of the next one in just a second. That and more coming up. In the meantime, quick, if you want to give a buzz in at 800-560-WFIL, give away a gift card to Rita's, Panera, Dunkin', or Wawa, your choice. $5.60, enough to get a couple of coffees, a hoagie, or perhaps a a couple of water ices to share with a friend. It's courtesy of Reiner Chevrolet in Jenkintown. 800-560-9345. Take the third one through to win right now with WFIL. It's the Tim DeMoss Show podcast, available at WFIL.com. Thanks for listening. It's 4.36 in the Tim DeMoss Show. Sunny, windy, 69. The high today, 45. Low night, cloudy skies kicking in. Tomorrow, back to the sunshine on a high of 71. Phillies 2-1 over the Braves yesterday. They're home tonight against the Mets at 7.05. On a Zoom call with Phillies manager Joe Girardi a little earlier this afternoon, talking about the Phillies-Mets rivalry. Well, I'm excited about it. I know this has been a great rivalry for a long time. These two teams have been going at it. You know, this is... uh... This is a great rivalry, and they're close in proximity. You get a chance to play 19 times a year. Each team really wants to be the NL East champion. I mean, I think that will be quite an accomplishment this year. So I'm really looking forward to it. Phillies manager Joe Girardi. Sixers lost 116-100 to Memphis yesterday. Flyers at Boston tonight at 7. College Hoops Stanford 54-53 over Arizona to win the women's championship yesterday. And the men's title gets decided tonight. Tip-off at 9.20. Gonzaga undefeated, taking on Baylor. We also have on TV tonight NBC's The Voice. And every now and again, we have the opportunity to chat with contestants who are on that program. The Voice has been around now for 10 years. They've won a bunch of Emmy Awards and get nominated all the time for Best Reality Performance Show and Competition. And we've had a couple of guests so far. Our third of four, which is a record for us to have four in one show, uh, but uh, it's interesting when we have these opportunities. Uh, you know, let me just say this. Um, if you're not familiar with the show, I mentioned this earlier, but just a very brief background on this. There are four judges on the program, and each of them builds a team, and uh, there's a pool of contestants, and they make their way through this competition. And in the end, there's one uh, singer left standing, so to speak. And the four judges are Kelly Clarkson, uh, John Legend, Nick Jonas of Jonas Brothers, and country artist Blake Shelton. And the the two rounds that happen and have happened to this point, there's something called a blind audition where the artist is singing and the artist, uh, the, the four judges have their back to the singer. So imagine you're the singer and you're singing to the back of four chairs. And at some point while they're singing, if a judge likes what they hear, 
They can't see the artist, but they can hear them. They hit a button, spins their chair around. Now they can see the person performing. And so if you're an artist, you need at least one. Otherwise, you go home. Sometimes you get what's called a four-chair turn. All the judges love you, and now they fight over which, you know, which one's going to get to keep you. And then the, the, um, the procedure goes from there. So there's been a blind audition round. There's also been something called the battle round where a judge takes two of his own teammates and pits them against each other. They sing a song together. At the end of the song, one of them winds up going home and the other one continues on. So there's a lot of fun. There's twists and turns to it. And uh, joining us is Devin Blake-Jones. He's from Denver, Colorado. And um, he's on Team Jonas. Congratulations and uh, be on the program. And uh, how are you, Devin? Good, Sam. How are you doing? Wonderful. Congratulations on your trip thus far with The Voice. Thank you. It's been crazy. <laughs> yeah. To, uh, share for a second, what first put The Voice on your radar as far as you being a fan of the show? Or did someone suggest it to you, the idea of, of trying it out? I've always wanted to do it, to be honest. And uh, I just was, was bored. COVID happened and I was not doing shows anymore and, and thought, man, why don't I just give it a shot? And I just sent in a video and that's kind of how all this started. That's neat. The blind audition, uh, that, that round, Nick Jonas turning for you and, uh, you know, your mom and dad are supportive. The other judges didn't turn, but they looked like they really enjoyed it a whole lot. So, uh, just talk about that process for you and, and what it's like to work with Nick. That whole day was just crazy nerve wracking. <laughs> I just remember being, you know, super nervous all day. And, uh, I, I really wanted Kelly to turn to me. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah. It's Kelly Clarkson, and she's the original, you know, idol. And so I was kind of hurt by that, but I just, Nick Jonas has always been at the top of my list because he does music that I kind of want to do. So having him turn around just made it more real for me, and he's just such a down-to-earth, awesome guy. And so I, that's, the conversations with him and talking with him from the stage, I felt like I was in the right place, on the right team. When you moved to the battle round, um, first of all, like everyone else, I liked your jacket with all the different colors and patterns, <laughs> right? Um, yeah. And it's interesting because not only did I notice it, but then almost all of the judges at one point or another commented on it. And it got me to thinking, because it doesn't happen that often, about wardrobe. Um, if you could talk about that for a second, how much that you're picking what you want and, and or advice one way or the other, like, hey, don't you know, play conservative, don't go too far one direction, or just be yourself. What was the thought process behind all that? Well, I, I've always liked to incorporate fashion and artistry and I want to The show, we get stylists and we get kind of them an idea of what we like to wear. What, or what we would want to wear, and so I just kind of lucked out with, you know, the style board that I created. I got some really, really cool clothes, and yeah, I'm excited for people to see what I wear next, because it's very different than just even the, the battle round. Yeah, the phrase, <laughs> well, and the phrase um, came up during, I guess, uh, you know, Nick, I think it was Nick himself who said, how hard you had worked that that Dana was chosen, but then he you know saves you and brings you back in. But he talked about the phrase "working hard." Describe for folks because they they just get to enjoy the fruits of your labor you know, and the performance itself. But what's going on uh, in the day to day that you're you're working towards so that when you hit the stage, you're ready to roll? Well, a lot of people don't know, but I actually the whole time I was in LA, I was working remotely with my day job as well. And so I was juggling 
logging in and, and you know doing tech support and answering emails, and then I'd log off and go rehearse for three hours with Dana and you know run through material and then go and meet with the vocal coach. We'd rehearse with them, and then we would rehearse with the band, and then we'd have another rehearsal with the band. So it was, I worked really hard. I would have to get up. You know, I was juggling my hours, so I would get up a couple hours early in the day, so maybe 4 a.m. to you know work earlier in the day, and sometimes I wouldn't be done with the rehearsal until 10 p.m. So it was a, he was, he, he, I think he knew that I was kind of juggling a bunch of different things, but we all worked really, really hard, and so much goes into this than just, you know, a quick little rehearsal. Like, we're working our butts off. <laughs> yeah, but I believe, well, and Devin, you bring up a good point. Um, I know you've had an interest in music from what I've read and understood, you know, for a long time. Speak to, the, to what you were just touching on there, the need to do the day job um, while you're pursuing something that you love. It's because uh, sometimes also people can feel like it should, you know, they just want to be able to do their thing, but they have to realize there's a practical side. And sometimes you really do have to do the other things too, that go along with the thing you really love the most. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I was very fortunate to have my company really believe in me, the company that I work for. And they said, you know what, take your laptop, go out there and just, Figure, you know, whatever hours you can throw into it. And I still got to pay my bills. And, and the show does take really, really good care of us. But I, you know, had to kind of just pack up and leave everything and just go for it. And I, I'm not complaining at all because I know that so many people want to do this. And, you know, you look at Dana and she's got, she's a single mom with two kids and she's working her butt off. And she's, you know, doing everything that she can to make him me. I'm, you know. I'm if it just takes me getting up a couple hours early just to, you know, make it happen, I'll do it. And so this is this whole journey has been a huge testament of, you know, hard work is not just, you know, punching in the clock. It's, it's, it's challenging yourself mentally and, and emotionally and learning how to be emotionally stable and, and mentally stable to do this because it's not easy at all. After Nick had picked Dana, you're walking off the stage after everyone says their nice goodbyes and all that. What did it feel like to have Nick step in and hit that save button as you're literally walking off the stage? <laughs> it was, so, I just remember it being kind of like a dark tunnel. I was walking off the stage and I, no one stole me. And so I was thinking, okay, all right, that's, none of you guys will steal me at all. Like, come on, Blake, we share a name. <laughs> Yes. I felt this dark tunnel going on in my head, and I got all the way to the door, and then he hit the save button. And I remember I fell down to the ground, and I couldn't really hear anything because all I could hear was Carson screaming in my ear. <laughs> and I didn't know I had to get back on, back on the stage, so he was kind of like, Daddy, get up. you got to get back on the stage. They kind of edited that part out. Right. I was. Right. I was a wreck. And it was... I think the hardest part for me was just realizing that I had to pick it up and get back up there and talk again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, and listen to, to them. And it's, I'm not going to say it's embarrassing, but it's definitely uh, a lot to sink in when you realize that you, it's very humbling to realize that you got the stage. You know? Yeah. He could have used it on anyone. So I'm just very, very humbled by it. Devin, last question for you. My brother was a missionary to Uganda for a number of years in the early 80s. He's made a bunch of trips back and forth. And I understand you speak, I think, Swahili, or at least you've sung in Swahili with a, a DJ weddings, actually. So 
I'm curious about Afrobeat music. Maybe I should add some to my library. I'm always looking to learn. Yes, Afrobeat. Uh, that is, I, it was a huge thing for me joining that band. It was the first band I ever joined. Um, it's called the Groove of Life here in Colorado. And, you know, we toured all the key towns and, and did it all. And Fidela uh, Kuti is a great uh, place to start. And uh, Femi Kuti as well is his son, S-E-M-I. Really, really cool music. You know, so many different instruments that they utilize to make the songs really just flow and, and go hard. So, yeah, I definitely recommend checking them out. <laughs> then you'll go down a rabbit hole. I promise. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> Devin, congratulations on your time with The Voice. Thank you for taking time with us today. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Devin Blake-Jones, current contestant on Season 20 of The Voice. Quick break. Back in a minute in WFIL. Have a guest you'd like to hear on The Tim DeMoss Show on AM560 WFIL? Email D at WFIL.com. It's 449. Bring it on board. Our final guests of the day, Connor Christian from The Voice. How you doing, Connor? Good. Tim, how are you? Wonderful. Thanks for taking time. Congratulations. No, thank you guys so much. This, I'm, I'm a pleasure to be here and get to speak some, and uh, super excited. So thank you. Yeah. Well, the blind audition, you came out guns blazing. Definitely different than many performances on The Voice. I liked it a lot, and so did Blake Shelton pretty much right out of the shoot. And then Nick and uh, Kelly joined on on back on the back end. What led you to pick Blake? Yeah, um, I just kind of have my mindset going in as uh, an artist. I know, and just like the sound, like you said, it is a little bit different. I love blues. I love rock and that kind of gritty, raspy kind of stuff. And I just know that uh, Blake is an artist, has had a lot of artists like that on his team, and just that kind of rootsy kind of vibe of the music that he would just kind of really, you know, really understand it. And so just in that, and just had the words he said when he was up there and just the genuine connection that I had right off the – Right off the bat, was uh, that's why that's why I went Blake, and it was hard though having those artists, you know, especially when Kelly whipped out the Black Keys reference. I was like, oh, <laughs> you're 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 really pulling my heart that way because I love the Black Keys; they're one of my favorites. But uh, just Blake is a person; he's a straight shooter, and he's just super honest. And uh, I just I, I really like that about him. What you what got you thinking about uh, going for the voice in general before? Had aware of the show and just thought you'd try give it a shot, or did a friend suggest it to you? Or? Um, yeah, it was just, honestly, my parents and I were talking about it, and just, like, with COVID and everything going on, just uh, trying to find an opportunity to, uh, you know, get a pursuit music, and just with everything going on like it is, um, it was just, uh, it was kind of like the spur of a moment kind of thing, actually, because I had, uh, originally, I was going to go out to Indianapolis, I believe, to actually go in person, like, I sent some stuff to them. And they have, like, a little private audition kind of thing set up for me to kind of show up. And then something happened where I couldn't go, and I kind of forgot about it. Um, and, a year, you know, a year passes by, and they reach out to me and said, hey, um, would you like to send some more stuff in? Like, we really liked your stuff the first time. Um, we're doing all video submissions, so send some stuff over. And I was like, all right, cool. You know, like, I'm at home. I got really nothing going on at the time, you know, other than just uh, – being with family, just graduated, you know, some stuff going on. So I sent some videos in. They're like, oh, like, we absolutely love it. Send some more, and then send some more, and then little by little, just kind of each round kind of crept up and went by. And then, uh, just then uh, before I knew it, I was in, uh, I got the call, and they said, Hey, you're coming to LA. And I was like, I couldn't believe it. It was so cool. It was like a dream come true. Uh, to just get to go out there and get to do everything. How special, are you speaking of your mom and dad and all that, was it to see their reaction? You know, I, I just think about the performers, you, you're focused on the performance, but then you get a chance to watch their replay or whatever afterwards. 
and watch, you know, the experience of watching their son on The Voice. What does that mean to you? Oh, shoot. Um, I, I'm still almost at a loss for words and get a little emotional when I think about it, just uh, how much my parents have supported me and just the everything from my mom helping me write songs that I needed to my dad showed me cool artists. It just, like, it just means it's just, it, it's well-deserved for them that they get to be on there. And dude, I think they're almost getting more famous than I am, even though, I mean, I think my mom's dance moves are pretty, uh, pretty TikTok worthy. Maybe one of these days. But, <laughs> well, and her, um, yeah, no, they're, they're good people. And just to see them get a light up and, uh, I don't know. I'm, I got really lucky with the parents that I got. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't even know what to say sometimes other than I love him. So. Well, and her comment about uh, we support him, whatever he does, just one thing he can't do, he's not allowed to quit. And that, that resonates with folks, I'm sure, a lot to hear that. So. Oh, yeah. That was, that was the mentality. Just, uh, I think when you have the mentality like that, to just go in and, you know, you're not allowed to, you know, you're allowed to walk away from something if it doesn't fit you and doesn't help you grow. But, you know, if something's hard, I just I remember – especially in, in all the nights with music that, you know, it's all like, okay, I got to keep doing this. Like I might not see what the next step is, but they always like, you know, would push me to do it. And same with tennis. Like I, I like I'd lose some tough matches here and there. And my dad being my coach, like he would never let me quit. So like I had to just, I, I would just get back to the drawing board and just try to figure things out. And I think it was just an important life skill in general, outside of music and everything else. It's just, uh, Having that in the toolbox, is just, it kind of sets you apart from a lot of people when things get tough. You just got to keep moving. You know, speaking of tennis, I was thinking tonight, the uh, NCAA Men's Basketball Championship, Gonzaga, Baylor, you have Gonzaga undefeated. I think they're 30-0. and 0. And I think for, um, I, I read in tennis, right, you, you were undefeated not one, not two, but three seasons straight. Is something like that? Yeah. Yeah, that, three seasons straight in high school, yep. It was uh, – it was a solid run for sure as a team and uh, had a pretty impressive individual career as well. They went on to play some college tennis and uh, we're starting late in the game as a sophomore and just really, you know, taking it more serious My later into high school, um, really put in the work. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's awesome. It's awesome high that you kind of ride is when you have a team of guys that, uh, that everybody's good. You know, it's like even though I was playing the number one spot, like we needed everybody else just as much and just being able to lead – Lead everyone on the team was uh, that was I was that, those years were so much fun. Just uh, especially having my dad as my coach, like I said, him right there through the whole thing, and just uh, it was funny how it all you know it just all pans out. And you know he came on as an assistant coach and became the full time coach, and even got you know coach of the year and stuff in the conference back to back. And it was it was it was one of those times like it was just it's it, I don't know it's, I don't see it happening for a long time at that school. So it's, uh, it was pretty special to be a part of that. Do you think the uh, Connor chat with Connor Christian with Team Blake for, for the Voice? Um, do you think the pressure of being undefeated uh, back then, even though it's been a little while, uh, helps you on the Voice in terms of it handling pressure in general? Oh, absolutely. Um, I, to be honest, I wasn't extremely nervous. I really wasn't nervous hardly at all. I think when I stepped up there, uh, mainly just I just you know my confidence confidence in my faith and just that you know god has plans for me no matter what and that um the fact that he got me there is uh you know it's part of the plan so it's like steward that and show up and just do my very best is all i could do and yeah i mean and even for the battles especially you know when you're going head to head with someone it's uh aaron's one of my you know best friends from out there after spending so much time with him and stuff but it's like it's like game day you know and the battles the day of the battles came around and i stepped up on that stage it was just like it was like it brought back so many memories. I remember in the in the van ride over, I was just thinking about um, 
like just gearing up for a tennis match, you're gearing up for that big match. It's like, you know, it, it, you, when you invest so much and it's like you don't want to lose, and it's just like, I don't know, that's a, that's a switch that I can flip on and off pretty quickly if I have to for my competitive nature. It's like even if it's funny, my wife and I, now it's like she's like she's like you're the most competitive person I think I've ever met over little stuff. I'm like I can't help it. I can't <laughs> help it. It's just who I am. So yeah, that's it funny. Correlates. That's funny. Last question for you, Connor. You kind of referenced it there too. A lot of the artists we speak to, not all, but many, often had their love of music rooted in church, maybe singing or playing in a worship band or just being there. And I understand that's been part of your experience growing up. Yes, yes, it really has. Um, I uh, grew up in church, and even though growing up in church, you know, it wasn't like my parents really were like, oh, this is what you have to, but it's like, I've always felt God in my life and, like, knew that, like, he was calling me deeper in a, you know, relationship with him and just even just uh, church music and everything. You know, being able to serve a church is a great platform to hone your skills as a musician, but also just uh, those talents that I was given, like, I want to make sure I'm serving those, serving with those to the Lord, so... uh, they're really not mine. I, I'm why I'm here on this earth. I'm, I'm gifted with these talents, and I've got to take care of them. So uh, having that community also, um, growing up, just the, the best home church with people that just always supported me and always, like, loved me and was always there. So it's like that was such a crucial part in uh, where I got to today because I'm an only child. So, like, having feeling like having all those people that's so, in, like, connected in my life was like having, like, a huge family. So that was super, super cool. That was Ohio, right? My boss, our GM here, says Ohio, where he wants us to be efficient. He goes, only handle it once, Ohio. <laughs> that's how you're thinking about. So that's a little. <laughs> that's, that's funny. So, yeah, Ohio, born and raised. Yep. That's southern great. part of Ohio, and uh, which is, uh, I love it, you know, and then spending a few years down in Florida uh, for college years and then transferring back and forth and then, you know, graduating out to Denver. So I've been a little bit of everywhere. Yeah. I really like really like the Midwest area, but I think West or maybe South is uh, where it's at. But I'd love it. I've got to come out to Philly. We'll I don't love think it. I've, ever really, I've, I've, been, I've been to Philly on a layover, and that's it. But I need to come out there and maybe try to find some shows or something eventually to play. We'd love to have you. Connor Christian, thanks so much. And i got a full day of chatting to people. God bless you. Keep up the good work. Have fun. Enjoy. Awesome. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. Connor Christian, Devin Blake-Jones, Jose Figueroa Jr., and Avery Roberson. Four. Current contestants on The Voice. Catch you on NBC, 8 o'clock on Monday night, sometimes Tuesdays. That'll do it for our show. Thank you for tuning in. Wow, that was packed. Looking forward to doing it all over again tomorrow. Have a wonderful rest of your afternoon. Don't forget, you can get podcasts of our programs on our homepage, WFIL.com. We're all caught up, by the way. All the guests we had last week, you can get them now at WFIL.com. Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.